Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the Pro Wrestling Show in association with Talk Sport. We are but a week and a half away from the showcase of the Immortals. WrestleMania season is well and truly in the swing. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the upcoming G1 Supercard, the end of the New Japan Cup Finals, which of course were absolutely superb. And an absolutely stellar guest for you. You may have known her as Victoria. You may have known her as Tara. We now know her as Lisa Marie Veron, a brilliant former W. WWE former Impact uh, Women's Champion joins us on the line and we break down everything this week from WWE TV. Let's all take a deep breath. I know some of us are angry right now, but we will figure this out and everything will be fine. We promise this is the Pro Wrestling Show. Now, apparently on the Pro Wrestling Show, we have... um, we, we've gone full-on Freebirds rule at this point because uh, we, have, we have the tag titles between us. In the last three weeks, we've had uh, John and Al defend them and then me and John last week. And now, no John this week. He's off on holiday. So it's me and Al for you this week. Uh, will we ever, the three of us, be on a show together again, Al? I really don't know. After my two-week sabbatical, I feel uh, delighted to return to the fold. But... Um yeah, there always seems to be something going on at the moment, doesn't there? I mean, I've got to tell you, I'm hanging by the the, uh, the skin of my teeth health-wise at the moment. <laughs> I've got a filthy cold, but um, I couldn't resist the temptation to come on and talk wrestling with my guy. I saw the Wii in uh, not too well as well, so something going around the Mac family, you know. A little bit, a little bit. The um, the My daughter had tonsillitis, so I couldn't even play football Sunday, which... <laughs> it sounds the most selfish thing in the world, but my missus was like, well, can you, you take it to the hospital? And I was like, I could, but you could. <laughs> and I could play football. But uh, as any man listening to this podcast will know, I lost that battle. So, Went down like a lead balloon. Um, yeah. We should break some news as well. If anyone's listening to this on Wednesday evening when it comes out, we could probably stick the interview on the end of the podcast, to be honest. But maybe we'll just put it in next week's show. The brilliant Ali McCoist is interviewing the equally brilliant Drew McIntyre. It's going to get so Scottish on the Alan Brazil Sports Breakfast tomorrow morning uh, with Ali covering for Big Al. Imagine that. I I actually don't know. Is is Drew a Glasgow boy? So so the the genesis of this, uh, I, I was contacted by the WWE and it's Drew that's a big fanboy for Ali McCoist. 
would you believe? That's right? amazing. It isn't it? And um, so basically he said in an interview last year that he'd met Kanye West, he'd met all these different people, but he really, really wanted to meet Ali McCoist. And um, Ali McCoist caught wind of this and reached out to him. Um, and then through some intermediaries, it's happening. You know, Drew's coming on the breakfast show tomorrow morning. <laughs> and then the plan is to get Ali to the O2 in May when they do the UK tour. Oh, we will be there. We will film that. We will make it with the air. We can be all over that one. One thousand. Absolutely. Um, John's actually off to the next NXT UK tapings are up in Glasgow and he's heading up there for at least the Friday. Going to go do some interviews, etc. He's He's missing Mania weekend. Uh, I fly out in eight days' time. Uh, in fact, around about now, as we're recording, Al, I'll be touching down at JFK, ready for the weekend. I've had all the tickets have all been confirmed. Oh. We've got all sorts of interviews booked in. Uh, it's going to be a really brilliant few days. Uh, this is <laughs> so. One thing that is interesting is WrestleCon, which is um, one of the big events that goes on over the weekend, which is based at the Hilton Midtown. They don't do press passes. So we'd have had to have bought passes for the day and then they get funny of you doing interviews and stuff. It's all a bit messy. I, um, I found that last year. I think I said this to you the other week. I, I attempted to do the same thing in New Orleans and they are very, very weird about... Um, yeah, And, and it's, it's annoying because if you go on YouTube and you type in these WrestleCons, people clearly do do it there. But um, it's like annoying if you say up front, oh, yeah, can we come and do this? They're like, well, they get a bit shady. Yeah, well, <laughs> unfortunately, that's been what they've been like. But so Lisa Marie Veron, who we've got on the show this week, and um, Vicky Guerrero, who we had on last week, as great well as... Great friend of the show, Vicky Guerrero. Introduce her properly. I mean, 100%. <laughs> great friend of the show. And also uh, Mickey James, who we had on when we were at the Super Bowl. All three of those come through the same um, PR company and they are trying to sort out that if we can't get into WrestleCon, they're trying to sort us out some sneaky passes, but if, yes. we, if we can't get into WrestleCon, they're going to sort out for us to go there one evening, essentially, to go and have drinks with them and maybe film something while we're there. And I'm like, I mean, can we just go for drinks why, with them and forget? Why are you saying this to me <laughs> when you know that I can't come to WrestleMania? Why do you say these things? And you know what's even worse is that I have the tickets. I have all the things that Will has, but I also have kids. Oh, well. <laughs> that I cannot shift. Your own uh, mistake, that sounds, mate. That's, yeah, yeah, I've made my own bed. But um, my missus is already away on a Hindu. And believe it or not, I can't go to WrestleMania, despite having all tickets and all of that, all of that sorted out. So, But on that note, uh, Will did do three fantastic interviews of all of those uh, aforementioned ladies that, that you should check out if you haven't. So no wonder they're, they're giving you the, the red carpet, my friend. No, you know, uh, only the best or something like that. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm going to be honest, because this week I had jury duty last week, as we were talking about on the podcast. Wow. I've only been able to, wrestling-wise, I've not been able to follow much from around the indies. And thank you to those of us who have um, who have tweeted us and given us some love uh, and sent us some stuff from the stuff they've been off doing. Um, but we've not had... Uh, We've not been able to cover a huge amount of indie stuff this week. Um, we have reached out. We're looking to get David Starr on the show after that amazing promo he cut on Twitter last week that we talked about. And actually, uh, somebody who you should 
you should be following on Twitter if you're not already and all other social medias is James Musselwhite at Y2JimBob, who is um, a photographer and videographer who does a lot of stuff with ICW, Rev Pro, Progress. Like he is the main man when it comes to putting anything on film or, or whatever in the UK. And I didn't realize this. I knew that he'd done the David Starr promo because he reached out and told me about it. But he also has done all those really great Spike Trevay promos, the really good Jimmy Havoc ones recently, uh, all the Jack Sexsmith stuff that he's been doing, the Ginny stuff that she's been doing. So all this like really brilliant, like this sudden big uptick in the quality of social media stuff from British wrestlers that's been happening in the last six months. This guy is, is a big part of it. So we're going to be getting him on the show post-Mania. He's going to come in studio and do like a bit more of an extended chat about putting these kind of things together and who he sees up and coming and so that's really cool so you should go and check that out but that is all the uk indie we're probably going to touch on this week unfortunately um i'm excited for the nxt uk stuff at mania uh, particularly excited for for walter against pete dunn uh that has the potential at uh, at takeover to be uh, just an absolute barnstormer um show stealer yeah yeah 100 percent. but but otherwise we're going to take a little break from talking too much british wrestling this week uh don't worry we will be back and in full force it will come don't 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 you worry about that at all uh, it's, it's actually his bread knife this weekend. Progress on Sunday afternoon, uh, chapter eighty-seven. They've got a really uh, David Starr's there against Connor Mills. Got CCK against LAX, who are coming over and doing some stuff. Casey Samuels is here as well. She's facing uh, Casey Samuels. Uh, Nina Samuels is facing Casey Owens, who's over at the moment. Um, there's yeah, and Angelico against TK Cooper. It's a really good card this weekend. So we'll be there on Sunday afternoon if anyone wants to come and say hello and we'll talk about that a bit on next week's show. Uh, shall we, uh, where do you want to, should we get straight into the WWE meat and potatoes? I, th- I think we, we don't have a choice, my friend. There's been a lot going down this week. Uh, and when you, first of all, we drink in Monday where the announcement was made that Becky Lynch, Charlotte and indeed Ronda Rousey would headline WrestleMania, as many had anticipated, but still the fact that they felt the need to mention that ahead of time uh, was very cool. Um, and I think the right decision, more more than that, I think the time is right uh, for that historic event. And it's just a nice combination of factors with Becky Lynch's rising star power, Ronda Rousey's mainstream appeal that has crossed over so well. And then, of course, the Charlotte Flair X Factor, who never, ever fails to perform under the bright lights, which we saw again last night for that matter. But, um, yeah, I mean, and and that kind of set the tone for Monday. Um, I don't know about you, Will. I wasn't crazy about the whole beat the clock notion. Um, The whole premise seemed flawed from the get-go, really, because they weren't competing for anything other than, what, bragging rights? Which seem a little counterintuitive when they're competing... (laughs) under a minute each against both, you know, all of the Riot squad. And it's really not very, you know, not, it's not great for the Riot squad, frankly. Yeah, they've done these squash matches with the likes of Nia Jax, with the likes of Braun Strowman when they were building him up, where they've used like a local indie wrestler, you know, Jimmy and Johnny Boots wrestler kind of thing. I don't That's understand good, good why they couldn't have done something like that, why they had to bury the Riot squad like this. And then next week announced that the three of them in classic fashion when you've got a triple threat going on well let's make them team together next week yeah. but they've not really set up why they should be doing that there was no brawl this week there was no 
This is traditionally something that happens a couple of weeks in advance, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah, not the, the go-home, for sure. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, go-home, you tend to get the contract signing, the promos. And I, I will say the promos on TV the last few days have been generally excellent. A, a lot of people got annoyed with this element on Raw, and I was kind of like, it's fine. It's not great, but it's fine. I got a lot more annoyed about SmackDown and what happened on Tuesday night for innumerate reasons, not just because, great, we've we've made history, first women to ever headline WrestleMania. So what are the other women doing on the card? Mm-hmm. Well, we've got the tag championships, which involves a fatal four-way with two people who can't wrestle in one team, but they're oh, big, but they're, but, but they're big, so that's good. Um, and another team which involves someone who hasn't been in the ring for outside of a, a one-off Royal Rumble appearance for seven years. Although, to be fair, Beth Phoenix looks better than either Tamina or Nia Jax. I was just about to say, <laughs> that that's not disparaging Beth Phoenix, because she is a, a one of a... A hell of a talent, and she looks in magnificent shape. But she, yeah, please, she does. But, but but ring rust is a thing. Like you do see it yeah. when people come back, and not just when they come back because they're old and slower, like the old Kurt Angle retirement tour we've got going oh. on at the moment. But actually, oh, even when people come back and they're still in good shape, if they've not been away doing, you know, if it's not like say Lisa Marie, we've got on this show and we talked to her about um, whether a return to WWE is a possibility because she's on her retirement tour this year, but she's kept her herself in the game and she spends time putting over young up-and-coming indie wrestlers that's what she i mean she faced jordan grace for the women's championship a couple of weeks ago for the progress women's championship out in the states and put her over then and you're like so if somebody like that comes back then you'd expect they'd still be able to work because they've been working but there's no there's nothing wrong with beth phoenix looking a yard off the pace because She's not been wrestling for the last seven well, years, basically. I mean, and, and that's the, you know, further to that point, I remember Evolution. I remember thinking, wow, like even the Royal Rumble, but wow, Trish Stratus looks great. Thinking how she, she you know, she, she looks like she's keeping pace with everyone. And conversely, I thought, and I, I really hate to say it, and I was like, oh, Alita looks terrible. I was like, she like, and I don't mean she looks terrible aesthetically. I, just, I was just like, oh, she looks a bit off the pace. Do you know what I mean? And the timing was all out. And that can happen. And, and honestly speaking, yes. Beth Phoenix delivered her finisher to Tamina on Monday, but that really, that's really not an indicator of much. Like, there's a whole match to carry. Yes, there's eight women involved, but, you know, it, I, it's one of them. Are they bringing her back in? Is it to mask, you know, putting her in a tag team? Because really, you wouldn't bring, and I, I say this with total respect, you, would, you wouldn't bring Beth Phoenix back for a one-on-one shot with Nia Jax, let's say, would you? No. On a Mania card. No, of course So. Not. You know, it's like have they said, okay, you know, it's cool. It gives Natalia a natural partner, and uh, I, I just don't know if it, it seems like they didn't want to make any, they didn't want to put any other effort into making more women matches. So they went, well, here's one way we can use eight women in a match. And, um, and and here's the thing, like you saw the reaction after the SmackDown Women's Title match last night, and we are getting there, I promise, from the other women involved on social media. And I know the way WWE is using social media nowadays is like they're being a bit more clever about it, but I think that there seemed to be genuine disappointment from those involved that they had that opportunity kind of taken away from them. But if this, if they, because I don't know if there's going to be a women's battle royal because nothing's been announced for it, and we are less than two weeks away. If there's not, women are going to feature in two out of thirteen matches. Uh, great that they're headlining, 
but we could have like <laughs> putting the title on Charlotte has led to the, the there being a disparity in the number of matches they're in, even if they are headlining, which I am a little disappointed about. Well, you know, you know what bugs me about that the most is I remember when I was mapping out the card, you know, predicting it per se around Christmas, and we all thought that the place to go was Lynch and Rousey. And then it's like, okay, what do you do with Charlotte? And there'd been reports that she had already been promised the main event slot and that Vince was going to crowbar her in any way that he could. And obviously that's turned out to be the case. But when you see the match with her and Oscar last night, for a TV match, mind you, why, why couldn't we get them a second time at Mania for the women's title on SmackDown? Like, I mean, why, like why I, was, I was legitimately livid that... Not that she won the title, which I was annoyed about because of the way that it buries Asuka and the way she's been treated basically since losing her streak at Mania last year. The, uh, you know, to tap out Becky Lynch at the Rumble and have that be a big deal and then just do nothing with her for three months has been... She, she's been given no chance to succeed since that. No. Literally none. And, and with, the, with something like WWE, there's, there's three things that you need to get over. You need talent. You need to be hardworking and you need opportunity. And there are a lot of people that we all love and we think are talented and hardworking but don't get the opportunity. And it then gets frustrated when you get people like the aforementioned tag team who are hardworking and have the opportunity but maybe not the talent. Mm. You know, Asuka has the talent and the hard work. She's clearly a brilliant worker. But just the, the way she's been booked since winning that title is nothing short of a disgrace. And... Uh, you know, we can all feel how we feel about Charlotte taking the title in. I think we knew that she was going to win that match the moment that Becky Lynch said, you know, what's Charlotte bringing to the table? Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm bringing the people. Ronda's bringing the, the title. What's she bringing kind of thing? We, we've kind of, we've gone a bit back and forth on this on Twitter, but looking forward to Mania, we've now got this triple threat as the as the main event. Is it? Do you, you don't think it's going to be for both titles? You think that there's going to be some kind of gimmick with it? No, I don't necessarily think it won't be for both titles. Um, I'm just speculating on what they might do because if they they have they've already um, promoted that this superstar shakeup's going to happen uh, a week after Mania. What sense does it make to unify the titles and have one champion across both brands? I really I really don't understand that. Um, I know they did it for a while. Like Any time they've done it for a while in the past like the original brand extension, we've talked about this on previous shows, uh, with Jazz and Triple H in 2002, it doesn't last because it just doesn't work. Like, you have, because you can't have two rivals at once constantly on both shows. Do you know what I mean? So, it's, to me, it seems counterproductive, but I've seen, you know, uh, in other times down the years in, in matches, I mean, one that just springs to mind is the uh, two-man power trip versus Undertaker and Kane. I don't know why that's in my mind, from 2001. And it was like, I think Triple H was the Intercontinental and Austin was the WWE and Kane and the Undertaker were the tag team champions. And then it was like, whoever got the pin on whoever was the champion won those better. So it turned out Austin and Triple H won the tag titles. But if Kane had beat Triple H, it would have been IC, you get the drift. And I think that could be the case here, where both titles are just kind of on the line, and it adds another element of, hmm, maybe they'll protect Rousey, and maybe Lynch will beat Flair, and, you know, is Rousey really leaving? Like, to, to us, the, the educated fan, it seems that Rousey's last booked appearance is the Monday after WrestleMania. She's not advertised at any arenas post that. So, it's, it screams that, yes, she is going to lose at Mania and, and, and go off, and you would assume that Lynch is going to be the champion. But then what happens if Charlotte wins? 
then technically she is unifying the belts and she'd be on both shows. So, you know, it's it, 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 it just one of them where the WWE, I think, are trying to expand their options and not make it look like an obvious winner. Now, what they haven't done is they haven't... Um well what they have done in recent weeks is there's been a real blending and i I, i'm intrigued because we've got the shake-up coming like whether this has been the build-up to the shake-up because they're going to be moving a lot of these people around they've been allowing the rules to bend i mean when samoa joe turns up to face kurt angle on raw and then they're doing the same with uh, ray mysterio next week like that is that's bizarre that they are just Having the women go across the two is fine because the women are from, they represent the two different brands and that match is such a big deal that I kind of get it. But they are doing it a lot at the moment. It's not just... Well, Lynch, Lynch should be allowed to come across anyway because when you're the Royal Rumble winner, if you're challenging that champion, you're allowed to go to that brand. So that, that kind of makes sense. Um, and then, But I, I hear what you're saying in terms of Kurt Angle and, <laughs> and I found it so, you know, that they didn't even really try and explain anything you just got an offhand comment from Kurt Angle in his pre-match interview where he said I want to thank Samoa Joe for coming over from SmackDown and that was literally it it was oh, okay well what, what's really the divide anymore yeah I, I uh, the fact is is that with that blending it does lead to the question of are they going to do a unified belt are they going to do a are they going to do a... I know Chris Jericho didn't get to do much with those belts, but are we going to get that moment where it's lifting up the two belts for the first time and a first unified champion? Yeah. I know you put forward this idea of, like, you win the belt that you pin the champion of, and that way you can get the moment of Becky Lynch beats Rousey, she's Raw Women's Champion, Charlotte SmackDown Women's Champion, Bailey and Sasha are tag champions, you have the four original horsewomen with their four titles and it's a great visual it's a great moment it doesn't make storyline sense to me if you at the end of the show have the four of them there holding up their titles unless we get a full-on charlotte face turn because this has been eight months of build of them supposedly hating each other backwards and forwards i i really don't like the idea that she's going to get beaten without even getting beaten herself without even getting beaten clean and then she's suddenly gonna be like oh yeah fair play respect it just it doesn't make sense to me with the character they're building with charlotte and the way she just flip-flops back and forwards is so frustrating yeah no i'm totally with you as well because i actually thought charlotte was getting into her groove as a baby face before she made this turn. And don't get me wrong, I love bitch Charlotte. She's great. Like, that that was her first real natural fit in the WWE. But, you know, when we're talking about this WrestleMania moment, and and whether it happens or not, I really don't know. Um, But, you know, the WWE has a penchant for these kind of things, and it seems like the stars are aligning. Um, If Becky climbs the mountaintop, and beats around you know, a multitude of things could happen for you know for all we know there could be a massive twist with charlotte helping becky you know i, I don't think that's going to happen but what i'm saying is they can set up a multitude of ways that the four of them at the end can be happy with what's happened if charlotte doesn't get is, isn't involved in the finish and let, let's just say that lynch taps out rousey which is what i hope happens then you know, really, she's lost nothing, and it's they've. I still think they could come together, and it could be like a look where we are in the main event. All four of us, we made it the pinnacle of our careers. Look at us now, kind of thing. Um, you know, because we, we talk about flip flopping characters, and it, as much as it bugs me and kayfabe and all that stuff. Look at Evolution. You know, they had 
um, the last women standing match, and then backstage there's four horse women photos, you know, put mm. on social media, and they was at the Hall of Fame together, and you know that you know, and I think even but Sasha and Bailey were feuding at that time, and it's like it, it feel it's one of those things that could always be put to the side, and you got to remember at WrestleMania, I want to say eighteen, is it when's Rock Hogan eighteen that you know, Hogan supposedly killed The Rock in the lead up to that with, you know, driving a semi into an ambulance and all of this stuff. And it was the most brutal feud. And then out of nowhere, they're, you know, hugging and all of this stuff at Mania because, you know, they've earned respect. And things tw- things can twist on a dime if WWE want them to. And I really think that they want that four horsewomen moment uh, at some stage. But whether it will happen or not, I mean, it's up for debate. But you look at, how it could happen and I could see it but you know it wouldn't be the first time that they forego logic would it no it, it definitely wouldn't I just I just it would frustrate me if we if we get that moment out of out of nowhere considering how good the build has generally been I still think that in classic WWE fashion they've They've gone too early on something, and we've ended up with a couple of weeks of filler in the middle. But does it make oh, me any less? Out. Does it make me any less excited for the match itself? No, but I just, you know, I, I still feel like like you were talking we, when we were talking about this earlier. You were talking about how there was that moment where Becky chose Charlotte to face Rousey, yeah. and that kind of teases towards maybe this idea. But to me, that made storyline sense because. It's that whole idea of the better the devil you know, or like, you know, the enemy of your enemy is your friend. And even though in that moment they shook hands, they hugged, I can't can't even really remember the moment itself. But even though they had that moment, it was clear that it was about, that was about respect rather than actually like liking each other. And it was about, you know, I'm going to put you forward because I think you've got the best chance to beat her. That doesn't mean I like you anymore. That makes sense to me in my head. Wrestling is... I'm just because, like, we all know, if you're listening to this, that wrestling is a a big old soap opera. And that's what we love about it. We love the drama and we love the occasion. We love the pomp and circumstance. We, We love all of that stuff. I just want things to make sense as if they like people were human beings. And I know we joke about this week in, week out, like the, some of the Vinnie Mac booking can be all over the shop and he seems to forget who won last week, some weeks and God, don't even get me started on what they're doing with the raw tag titles at the moment. But <laughs> the, like, I just, I just make it make sense to me. If it makes sense to me on the night, I will pop for it, but I will be a bit frustrated if they just have that moment for the sake of the moment. And then they no, have to I, like just clean it up the next night. Yeah, I, I mean, I do hear you. I mean, I, like I said earlier, I think it could maybe lead into Rousey and the MMA four horsewomen attacking them the next night, or at, you know, probably not at Mania, but then let's, let's say in, in Rousey's last appearance, so that when she goes away, and by the time she gets back, that's a ready-made feud and and match to happen. You know, and of course, the other members of the four horsewomen MMA will be more equipped to to hold their end in that feud as well at that time but uh you know going back to to what you said in terms of uh, respect i feel like that could apply um you know after they do battle in the main event such a historic thing i feel like that they they would give that nod to each other charlotte and becky to me the way becky's character was going at the time of survivor series when she picked rousey i i, I get it like you said that the why she would pick her and the best chance and respect and all of that stuff it, it didn't need the hug do you know what I mean? I felt mm-hmm. that way at the time, and I felt that way. I feel that way now because Lynch's character was so 
anti that kind of thing. It just felt so, and I know like kind of Twitter felt the same way at the time. It just felt so out of place. Like would 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 Lynch do that? But um, again, you know, it's it's multifaceted and multi layered. So I guess you could you can make an argument for any outcome and say, oh, you know, but it would be this and this is them. And, you know, there's so many different ways you can go about that. Um, At the end of the day, I think it will end with Becky reigning supreme. And I'd be surprised if the WWE didn't capitalise on an opportunity to make it um, a, a powerful visual for women at the end so uh, let's talk about the other like I, I think there's a lot of other stuff going on with the mania build that we'll get to we'll do a big preview show next week uh like a no guest show um i guess we'll do a no guest show early in the week with john and with al and then uh me and uh myself and and sammy sammy producer sam who's coming out <laughs> with me uh we'll do we'll be doing all the interviews and stuff on the friday so anything that's kind of mania specific we'll put out a, a show with some of those interviews and we'll hold back some of the stuff we can hold back etc till after mania um plus we're going to be doing some stuff ring of honor are trying to set some stuff up for us uh, we've reached out to a couple of people i'm trying to, i'm desperately trying to get zach saber jr as well um but that might not happen before New York. I'm trying to make it happen in New York, basically, uh, which is, I mean, just for me more than anything else. Uh, but uh, <laughs> we could get him on. I think we should get him on talk radio and just talk about Brexit for half an hour. That's probably the way to go with him. Um, the the let's like the other big storyline. The other thing that's going to be more towards the main event side of things is Kofi Daniel Bryan, which we think has been confirmed for WrestleMania. Have they actually put out like the graphic and everything on WWE? Is that a thing that's happened? No. Obviously, you had Vince close the show on SmackDown saying, you know, essentially it was happening, but he's said a lot of different things before and then changed his mind. And I feel like the way it's been presented, there probably is another twist yet. Um, the way, the way yeah. he said it as he got into the car was that he kind of went, he will be at Mania and let's see if a B-plus player can beat, can, can win the title or something. But he didn't actually say that was going to be the match. So, yeah. well, hold on, they have put out, like uh, the, from the official WrestleMania account, they have put out a picture of Kofi and Daniel Bryan with the Mania sign in front of them. But, and these are, maybe I'm reading too much into this as a geek. With all the other matches, it has a little bit at the bottom which says, you know, uh, Triple H putting his career on the line or you know, uh, triple threat for the Raw Women's title or whatever. And there's nothing actually on the picture. So, yeah, I think there's probably another swerve to come. How did you feel about all the stuff that happened on... Uh, how did you feel about all the stuff that happened on SmackDown last night? Uh, I mean... <laughs> I don't know where to start, to be honest. I'm looking, <laughs> I'm looking at, like the, so, you know, as, as far as the show goes... You know, as soon as Charlotte was coming out to face Oscar, you knew that was a done deal. I didn't like, and I, I hope this isn't controversial. I didn't like the Miz same man segment. Um, I, I I was fine with it. I didn't like the randomly bringing out Sanity, Shelton Benjamin, one of the Colognes. Like that was all a bit weird. But one of the Colognes, like exactly. Like you know, it, it was just. So all of a sudden, Miz can beat up all the security and four, sorry, five WWE superstars. I just found that very hard to buy. Um, and as we it's, said earlier, he, he, Miz can still be a great talker as a face, but he is much more believable as a wrestler as a heel. Yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't, yeah, I just don't buy Miz 
like mucking everyone up. I don't. I'm sorry. Um, so to me, while the talking was kind of strong, and I knew that you know any Shane McMahon match at Mania needs to be like a no holds barred stipulation so that they can get creative. I knew you know I was, I was, I'm fine with that. I just didn't really like the. Yeah, not, yeah, not only the security guys, it's just very nonsensical. So, so man, what what about down. the third gauntlet match in three months, though? Oh, I mean, again, I, so so although the premise is kind of tired to me at this point, I still think it was well done, annoyingly. Um, I, thought know, it was, I thought it was better than the Kofi Kingston one last week because they did something a bit different with the booking. There was still, you know, elements of it, you know, the way that the, the bar were eliminated and stuff. There were still bits of it which were mm-hmm. which were along the exact lines you expected. But having the Rowan yeah. cat out with the table was great. And I loved the Uso yes. bit. I yes. loved it. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll pop for that huge. Um, and like you said, even, even the way that they beat Rowan with the table was, was awesome as well. Um and, and as you said, you know, more to your point, we were discussing this uh, on WhatsApp yesterday about, who, you know, who who might be the best in-ring performer of the new day. And you were you obviously going to bat for uh, Xavier. And, and to be fair, what a performance he put on in that gauntlet match. Um, I and am- I'm, not just, I'm not just saying that from an athletic standpoint. Um, even in that Uso segment, his facials are fantastic. Um, his selling ability. Uh, I think, you know, when uh, Big E makes a tag to him at one point and he's on the apron and he looks exhausted, but then he kind of, he makes you believe that he's he's really reaching for his last depths. Do you know what I mean? I just thought it was fantastic work. But you know, equally, having said that, as I said to you in the past six weeks, I think Kofi Kingston, particularly inside the chamber, has put on performances that, not that I didn't believe, but that, that you perhaps hadn't had the chance to enjoy in such a long time. Yeah, and, and the thing is, like, Kofi, I don't dislike Kofi Kingston by any stretch of the imagination. I, I, I do think that Xavier Woods, of the three, is the criminally underused and underrated. I think he's the best talker of the three. I also think he is, like, I, I love his selling, and I do like his work, I like his moveset. I, I, like, he's the kind of guy who... We were talking about like who would flourish if they left the WWE. He's the kind of guy you could imagine going into the Indies and being incredible. I uh, really don't want to say this and be out of order, but I'm going to see what you think anyway. If you put Xavier Woods in Big E's body, is he a world champion by now? I think so. Yeah, I really do. And and do you know what? <laughs> there's so there's two things with this whole feud that I kind of wanted to raise at this point. The first the first thing is is my concern that this is a great of the moment thing. And I like that WWE have listened to the crowd and I like they've gone with the booking and I you know, that's stuff we all beg for as fans and that's great. I am concerned that Kofi Kingston for as great as the work has been in the last few months is a little bit one-dimensional in ring and that the title reign might get stale quite quickly. Like, if he wins at Mania, great moment. But I wouldn't be that surprised to see him lose it at Money in the Bank because fans are already a bit like, oh, we didn't really think about what happens post-Mania with this guy. No, I I get that. And and I think that you have to take into an account as well of all these good performances standing across from him. And a lot of the time are fantastic workers, namely Daniel Bryan. Mm -hmm. So... You know that that has no no doubt made the whole trip that much more special. And then you have to think think about who you're going to partner Kofi with after that. It does become a bit tricky. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they put it back on Daniel Bryan by Money in the Bank. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm happy though that you know the the 
the fact that Kofi's getting the match because I was someone who who wanted that, and I do think it'll be a cool moment. Uh, everything that Kofi said in his promos are real. He really is a hard worker who has shown up, entertained us. Um, Eleven years—that's a really hard time to stay relevant and fresh. Um, which I still find the new day pretty fresh, you know. Um, can can I just put something forward, just as an yeah. idea, and? This works kind of like if I'm if I'm fantasy booking this, if I'm justifying this in my head, this kind of works well with what happened last night as well, because you've got the Usos who right now I know you've got the bar and you've got other kind of heel tag teams. The Usos have been much more interesting as a heel tag team, but that was a real face move last night. And I think you can sell it either way. They can sell it as a respect thing, but they can still remain like a heelish team. And actually Mm. they can get away with it because it's such a unique occasion. But. How about we see Kofi taking this opportunity for granted a little bit? Imagine the heat if Biggie and Xavier turned on Kofi post Mania. Imagine the heat. Yeah, it'd be incredible. But I, uh, I've spoken to all. I've spoken to the New Day as a collective and all of them individually, and I, I've never believed more that I don't think they'll ever break up. Honestly, I don't. It's I, I like I know it's I know it's something that's very very unlikely, but man, would it be good if it, it, it? I think it leaves a lot on the table if they don't. Do you know what I mean? Like, and and it's you look at any um, best friends per se. You know, like uh, Triple H and Shawn Michaels were feuding for what, like two, three years in the early two thousands, mm-hmm. and obviously they're best friends. But you know, what's better than making money with your friends? It's you know, and and you you could plausibly do that, like a, a new day triple threat for the WWE title. I mean, I'd watch it. Like yeah. you, you, anyone could win that match. Do you know what I mean? Um, and although okay, you take them out of that context and away from the storyline, and then you know, you, then you have Xavier Woods versus AJ Styles, and it's less appealing because you, you, you know, you, it's hard to believe that Xavier Woods in his current billing would be AJ. But let me let me let me throw out a, 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 a let me throw out another way of booking it then that maybe makes it more believable. Okay. Kofi blows the roof off Mania. Brian gets a rematch at Money in the Bank. That happens. That's off to one side. But this proves that the New Day are commodities as individuals. And we get what we were meant to potentially have at Money, or there was certainly heavily rumoured at Money in the Bank last year, that we get a different member of New Day entering the Money in the Bank match. Now, Mm -hmm. throw in Kofi with the title, but Big E with the suitcase, with the case. Like then you might be able to sell the angle a little easier that it's not just, yeah, they've just turned on him for the sake of it. Like, they, I, they, there are ways of doing it, and I think you could go, if you want to keep the title on Kofi longer term, I think that's something I'd really like to see them do to make that happen. Yeah, but, me too. I, I mean, I, I'd like to see a triple threat where Kofi says, do you know what, you guys, he, like, he, he, remember at this point, he owes them. That's a very interesting layer mm-hmm. to this story. He owes them. Like, without them, he doesn't get this opportunity. Say he wins the title, and then it's not like a bad blood thing, but then he says, look, us three, what we've always dreamt of, we should all fight for the title. Like, let's just fight each other for the title, and whoever wins, wins. But then you can't help but a little bit of tension creep in if someone beats Kofi. Do you know what I mean? And then it's, or you know, or if someone uses different tactics, and then it kind of organically goes that way i'd like to see that not like a traditional turn but i'd like to see kofi say this is what we always dreamt of new day we've got all the power let's fight for the title between ourselves and then it kind of goes from there um i would like to see that 
Uh, let's um, we right. We're going to hear from Lisa Marie Veron coming up. Uh, a couple of other just bits of news we need to touch on. Uh, I mentioned the David Starr thing. Uh, Joan Jett playing Ronda Rousey's intro at. Uh, WrestleMania has led to a very funny thing on Twitter, which is people campaigning for, because she also sings Do You Want to Touch Me, which is David Starr's in-ring theme when he comes out of promotions that are allowed to use uh, credited music. And there's like this online thing to get her to perform at a David Starr show, which I think would be amazing. Um, the we, we had uh, the thing that I didn't actually know had happened, Flip Gordon injuring himself at OTT out in Ireland which yeah. uh, means that he's going to be out for four to six months. Uh, apparently a bucket handle meniscus tear. Now, Flip Gordon's still super young, isn't he? Like, I, yeah, he's still, I mean, 27. Not Maybe not super young. He's not like, you know, there are ridiculous talents like Tyler Bate coming through who are 20, 21, 22. But, yeah. you know, he's still really time, young. Time and, is on his side. I couldn't believe the other day that Bray Wyatt is 31. <laughs> yeah, it does make, it like, it makes him younger than me. <laughs> sometimes I feel better about life um, which ruled him out of the G1 Supercard but the oh, the G1 Supercard lineup, like I'm so pumped for the Saturday night I really like that they're like I know WWE have done it on purpose because they didn't want to be going up against the show at Madison Square Garden like NXT would have obviously still sold out and still been an incredible show this whole idea that they've done it to make the Hall of Fame a bigger deal by having it the night before Mania um, and, to no. get, and to get fans in town on the Friday so they turn up for the Hall of Fame. I'm absolutely no. convinced it's all about Ring of Honor and New Japan putting on this show at Madison Square Garden. But... Without, without a doubt. And, and by the way, um, with all due respect, looking at the NXT TakeOver card, I don't care what is on that Saturday, or what is on the same night as that. Um, th- there should be only one show I'd be going to. I'll tell you that. Yeah, the, the NXT, the TakeOver Brooklyn card on the Friday night. So they're going up against Impact and Lucha Underground are doing a show which has some decent names on it. But yeah, nothing is going to compare with that TakeOver show. And we'll get into that, I think, when we do a big preview next week and go through all yeah. the matches. Um, at, like... It looks just, it just looks great. <laughs> it just looks legitimately fantastic. <laughs> uh, the, um, are they calling it, is it TakeOver Brooklyn 5? Is that what they're calling it? it is in Brooklyn, I, I, didn't, it? I didn't know if they'd put a numerical value yeah, on it. I, they're calling it New York. Yeah, I didn't understand why they, like, this is, it's been TakeOver Brooklyn for four years and now they're randomly calling it TakeOver New York. I guess is it just, is it just a preface because Mania isn't, you know, because when they do SummerSlam in yeah. Brooklyn, do you know what I mean? It actually is in Brooklyn, but because Mania's not in Brooklyn, do you think they've just given it the widespread? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Um, but it's an incredible card, and I'm very excited about that. Uh, the, the G1 Supercard, so uh, just to run down, New Japan, the finals happened this past weekend. Uh, if you've not seen it yet, closure is for the next minute or so, uh, but it's well worth a look. Uh, Okada beat Tomohiro Ishii in his semi-final <laughs> Uh, Tomohiro Ishii was the absolute superstar of this entire tournament for me. He didn't have a single match at less than four stars. He was brilliant. Um, And then uh, Sonada going over Tanahashi. They were in Sonada's hometown and Tanahashi weirdly kind of went like semi-heel for it, which I've never really seen Ace do before. And I absolutely loved it. Like, he just went heel enough to get the heat from the hometown crowd without having to kind of compromise his character. Both really good semi-finals. I wasn't pumped for Okada Sonada in the final because they've never had a particularly great match before. And it ended up being an absolute barnstormer. 
like really really brilliant and we mm. and we get now uh we get a card against jay white at g1 supercard which is the exact match i said last week was what i wanted to see so i'm happy i'm really happy I, I that's could... what counts will that's what we all care about <laughs> um so you've now got on that card um so with flip gordon gone it's just gonna be rush against dalton castle in a singles match will osprey against jeff cobb putting both titles on the line the never open weight in the ring of honor tv title Bully Ray in a New York street fight against a to-be-announced opponent. Lots of rumours going around about who that's going to be. Uh, but the big ones are Jay Lethal, Marty Skrull and Matt Taven, triple threat for the Ring of Honor World Championship. They've announced that Kota Ibushi is going to face Tetsuya Niaito for the Intercontinental, that Tanahashi is going to go up against Zack Sabre Jr. for the British Heavyweight, and that it's going to be a card of Jay White. So essentially the top four matches on the card couldn't be announced until the New Japan Cup was finished. And they're all matches which could have headlined the card. Uh, it's yes, just, it's that. ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So, uh, yeah, I'm pumped, as you can tell. <laughs> Shall we get to our good friend Lisa Marie? Yeah, take a little break and then we'll be back with Lisa Marie Veron. It's a nice, long, rambling. <laughs> it kind of got a little out of control at one point. It's fine. It's really good fun. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Uh, you're listening to the Pro Wrestling Show. Uh, well, Gavin, A. Mac is with me. And let's hear now our interview with Lisa Marie Veron. You, uh, you may have known her from her time in Impact, from her time in WWE, a champion in both. She's on her retirement tour this year. You'll hear we're determined to get her out to the UK before the year is out. As part of that, I have legitimately been, uh, been going, trying to... Um, encourage promoters out here to try and book her and get her out here i've spoken to two already uh but this was a really good fun chat and she's much like vicky guerrero you know you get book these things up and you know you're getting 10 15 minutes and you're like i hope they're lovely and it went on for like half an hour and she was an absolute delight so here is lisa marie veron absolutely delighted to welcome on to the show if you're a wwe fan you'll know as victoria maybe tara if you're a fan of tna or impact two-time women's champion a five-time knockouts champion lisa marie von welcome to the show how are you doing i'm doing awesome thank you so much and it's an honor to be a part of your show and um i miss the uk i haven't been in a while when were you last over 
gosh, a year maybe, a little bit over, but. Well, honestly, uh, I, I, couldn't even, I couldn't even tell you. It's not it's good enough. Blur. It's not good enough. We need to get it's you back not, over it's ASAP. Not. You're right. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, what are you exactly. up to at the moment? What's, uh, what, what's your schedule looking like right now? Um, as for today or for this No, year? just in general. What are, what are you up to? What's, uh, what's life for Lisa Marie Veron right now? Well, I am um, living the beautiful life in San Diego. It's truly paradise. And um, I'm doing my farewell tour. December will be my last month's wrestling. I'll be doing signings as well, um, still, because I'm a Comic-Con geek and nerd. <laughs> so I still like to do those um, just for selfish reasons. But, um, yeah, I just, uh, you know, I'm 48. And um, I, uh, you know, my body doesn't recover as, as quick as when I was younger. So I, I thought it'd be, you know, go out on top and still be able to, kick the mass in the ring and uh, let people remember still that um, I can still wrestle a little bit. <laughs> so how, how much are you working over this year? I've been getting booked quite a lot this year since it's my farewell. So everybody's uh, a lot of the independents are reaching out because they want me to, um, you know, wrestle their, their new talent and, um, you know, uh, showcase some of their girls, you know, and um, I've been doing, a lot of intergenders, believe it or not. I'm not a big intergender wrestling um, gal, but uh, those are exciting. I'll be honest with you. I wish I did more of those in the past, but uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing wrestling guys because they can, you know, I get to do the pretty moves. Usually I'm the, the base of all the <laughs> wrestling moves, and now these guys are bigger than I am, and I'm like, ooh, I can do all my fun things, my, my fun moves, you know, I used to do when I started. I so it's exciting. It's really funny you say that. I was talking with, um, I don't know how closely you follow any of the, the NXT stuff or the NXT UK stuff, but um, uh, Rhea Ripley, who was recently the NXT UK champion, she is the best base I've seen in years because like, the amount of great moves that she can help someone else pull off is fantastic. But I was just like, don't you get a bit frustrated that it's not you that gets to you know, go and do the head scissors, go and whirl around people, go and do that stuff? You know, it's, it's, um, I'm, I'm happy to be the base. When I first started wrestling, um, I wanted to be a flyer because I was a gymnast um, growing up and, and dance and, um, you know, all this acrobatics and stuff like that until I got into the ring. And I was like, yeah, this girl would rather be the base because it's so dangerous to do the flying move. So many risks because you have to rely on the person catching you. So, you know, um, that was my forte. Um, all the girls that were little, um, got to do their pretty moves, and I made them look good. And um, <laughs> yeah, it, it takes two to tango, you know. Yeah, hundred percent. You've uh, exactly. You need uh, a match can't be all good because of one person. So uh, you are the you're the one making everyone else look good, and that's sometimes the the real hero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. It's, but you know, you know, you're only as good as your opponent. So um, you know, I don't want to take full full credit. You know, I've been lucky to um, wrestle such amazing um, talent. And um, now since I've been doing these indies a lot, um, the future of this, the wrestling revolution, these girls that are coming up are spectacular. Oh, my. I, can't, I can barely keep up with them because they do so much in the ring. Um, you know, I'm a little bit more old school style. I like to, um, you know, tell a story with my, 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 my body language and my facial expressions um, opposed to moves. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, it's safer that way. <laughs> it's interesting you mentioned the intergender stuff because it's a it is a constant conversation it's it's quite 
common and quite popular over here in the UK. You see quite a few of the, the bigger indie promotions here run into gender wrestling, whether it's tag, whether it's actual singles matches. But it, it has felt like when I've done stuff either with the major promotions or out with the indies in the US, that there still is a little bit of a stigma around it, it feels. Okay, you know, when I when I first started um, watching some of the intergender things, I used to cringe because back in my day, you know, if I got hit by a guy, we were, you know, we were told you sell it. You know, if a guy hits me in the face, I'm knocked out for the entire match. You know, so, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's quite a, a change that um, I had to teach myself that, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with Chikara Pro, mm-hmm, yeah. uh, that organization. Um, yeah, they, um, the guy, Mike, um, Quackenbush uh, gave a speech before um, his shows and he, you know, instilled like, you know, just because you're a girl, we're all equal here, girls and boys. Um, we don't have any, uh, someone better than the other. And then it kind of changed my mind. And um, his, his speeches before his show were so inspirational. I was just, like I said, I would do anything for that organization because he just made you feel like on top of the world and, and dominant and, appreciated all the talent and um even if you were the first match the last match were all equal so it was such a great inspirational um speech he gave oh my gosh I, i'm telling you that's very amazing. cool yeah that's great it is cool so yeah I, I, obviously you're doing a lot of the the indie stuff this this year what what kind of i know you said it was about your body when, when did you kind of make that decision that you were going I to did. announce your retirement and actually that led to you getting booked to load more apparently I believe um, it was uh, maybe four months ago. I came back from a show that I just wrestled one match, and I felt like I got hit by a train. I was so sore. Um, went to a chiropractor and get ma- massage, and um, I was just I was like I I, I talked to ODB. Um, she was from TNA um, every single day, and we were both just going, "Oh my, it, it, it's incredible!" Because these girls have upped the matches so much like uh, the danger that the dangerous moves they do the the bigger bumps and just to get a reaction I was just like I, I couldn't turn my head and I was like you know what uh, for me I want people to still remember that you know I can still you know kind of keep up you know keep up with the new talent um, but I don't want them to feel sorry for me you know how when you see some old timers walk to the ring you're like oh my gosh what happened remember how you know, they used to be so invincible back in the day. I, I don't want my fan base or my, my followers to see any weakness. So mm. that's when I was like, you know, I better go out while I still have the move <laughs> and, um, and I can still move. And um, I don't want to be, you know, in my fifties and not be able to walk. And um, I still want to enjoy, you know, everyday life, you know, like I want to, I want to go skiing. I want to, you know, I want to learn how to surf. And then, you know, it, being an, a wrestler, you know, I remember people were like, hey, do you want to go jet skiing? Do you want to go do this? And I go, oh, no, no, I can't. I go, if I get hurt, I can't wrestle. So, you know, you have to pick and choose what you really want to do, you know, in, in life, because it always um, falls back like, is this going to affect my wrestling? You know, because this is not a 24, um, it's not just a, a nine to five job. It's a 24 seven job that everything you do uh, will affect wrestling. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. 
It's it's funny you mentioned yeah. ODB because she was out at uh, she was out at the Super Bowl this year. I love the idea that you and her are talking about. Oh, isn't it tough nowadays? Not feeling like I used to. And then she did a a, a bar brawl at the Super Bowl, which was one of the most brutal things I've seen in a very long time. So, <laughs> oh, she said she had a blast. She said she goes, "Oh my gosh, girl, you should do these." And I go, "Well, that's kind of an ODB thing with your flask and." you know, her character and stuff like that, you know, her character is not very different than what she is in real life. <laughs> I don't know if you're aware of that. So, um, you know, she's, uh, she's one of my favorite opponents to get in the ring with because her and I, um, you know, if things go haywire in there, um, or some accidents happen, we know the show must go on and her and I would rather have fun in matches than actually, you know, uh, doing some crazy ass move. You know what I mean? Her and I are more storytellers and try to involve the fans as much as possible. You know, anytime we can get out of the ring and then mingle with the fans or incorporate them in our match, that's what we like to do. You know, the fans will walk away going, wow, I was part of that show. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's her and I have a little bit of a different mentality when it comes to wrestling, you know, and she's like, you know, I don't have anything booked in the, um, before December with her. And I would like one of my matches, to be with her, you know, before I re- retire. Have you got an idea of how you'd like to, to go out? Is there a, a show, a promotion? Is there someone that you'd really like to work for come December to, you know, do your finale? You know, um, probably um, Tommy Dreamer um, is House of Hardcore. Um, we're like best friends and um, his organization's uh, remarkable. I had Candace Michelle, her retirement match was with me um, at House of Hardcore and uh, you know, he lets you do anything you want and um, he knows about our characters and, and, and know, you know, he has a lot of feedback on, I think you should do this. And um, he's very giving, you know, very, very giving. And um, you want to work with somebody that really appreciates your talent and also has been there to hold your hand the whole time. You know, he's always been there, always gave me advice on my career and always has been a friend actually outside, not just wrestling, but in normal day stuff you know what i mean if i have any problem i can he's always there that i can call he's one of my my, my good friends one of my, like a brother I've, also chavo guerrero too that's another organization New, lucha underground might be another one too you know because a lot of my friends are part of that organization and it's in um los angeles and that maybe my family would be able to come out and watch my my finale you know i mean those... it's always nice to have family it's so nice to have family watch you um you know, it, you kind of step up your game, which sounds terrible, you know, that you're like, you should be stepping up your game for the fans. But when your family's there, you want to kind of, you know, them to go, OK, I'm still proud of her that she chose this career opposed to going to medical school, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, it's, it's funny like you say that because it, it's one of those professions Like if you think of like I, I can remember speaking to like stand up comics and musicians. They always talk about like if their family's there, they feel so weirdly nervous compared with they could be performing in front of 5000 people, whatever. But the moment it, it could be 50 people. But if their family are in there, they feel so much more nervous, so much more kind of nervous. pensive about it. But it sounds like you're you're up for it you seem down for it i would be down for it but I, i'll be honest with you i get extremely nervous when my brothers are there because you know they were they they didn't really follow um wrestling growing up and i remember when i told my family you know i'm gonna try this wrestling thing out you know i said it's probably gonna be three month career you know because it's, <laughs> i still want to go to school and finish you know my my education and stuff like that and it bit me in the butt it it it, it you know it's a cult once you get bit by this this 
this industry, you, there's no retirement, to be honest with you. you never say retire, you know, um, obviously, because we see a lot of old timers come back, you know, they, they never can get out of the, the business because it's just, it's in our blood. Do you know what I mean? And that the adrenaline rush you get from performing and um, being part of such a great business and, um, you know, uh, just the, you know, being your own stunt person as, as well as a bad actress that I am, <laughs> you know, uh, whenever you can, you know, it's, it's a tough business. And the longer you laugh, I mean, it's just, it's part, it's part of you forever. I think what I find so like intoxicating about it when you, Come away from just being the, the mark, the guy in the audience, which I have been for many years, but kind of when started covering it, it's how much like you speak with such fondness about the people that you've met over the years, whether it's Tommy Dreamer, Chava Guerrero, you know, ODB. And, and it is how much of a, a family atmosphere it is and how supportive it is. I, I just, you know, I, I think anyone who really gets into the scene outside of the, the major uh, brands will just that's the side of things I fall in love with. It is. It is. And, um, I, you know, people ask me, oh, do you watch the product? I don't watch the product very much. I'm more, um, I like to watch wrestling live. And um, and um, I got addicted to watching the indie scene and um, the passion that, you know, these people get, what, 25 bucks to wrestle. And then they're willing to do anything to get the, the reaction from the from the fans. And um, it is a family because, you know, we're, we're on the road over 300 days a year, um, you know, and we're together. 24 seven. And so we're with them more so than our own family. And, you know, we have sacrificed so much like missing birthdays, anniversaries, you know, deaths in the family, um, you know, um, Christmas and, you know, all the holidays. It's, it's our family becomes wrestling, you know, and um, I always say this, you know, they tell you family comes first, but they, they didn't tell you family is wrestling, you know? Yeah. I, it's uh, it's really interesting. I think no, it's it's lovely. It's a really lovely thought. And there's actually someone I, I wanted to ask you about in particular because we had um, the announcement in the last few weeks that D Generation X are going to be going into the WWE Hall of Fame, and of course that means finally recognizing China and having China go into the the Hall of Fame. And I know, uh, you know, from reading about it and hearing you talk about it in the past that she had a big influence on on you getting involved in wrestling. So I really wanted to get your thoughts on that and about the fact she's finally being kind of recognized on that grand stage. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was when I heard that, you know, of course, I, I found out through social media because that's how I found out <laughs> find out all my news. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, thank God. And so I, I posted something um, about, the, you know, we, we've never wrestled. We never got in the ring together. Um, she, you know, just we just did a couple backstage segments together. And uh, it, you know, when I posted that, a lot of people were going, you know, it's a shame that she's not getting, you know, recognized um, on her own. And they they're inducting her with the DX. But you know, the way I look at it, you know, there's so many people that need to be inducted. At least she's given that recognition and the fans, they, they know, you know, that she, you know, they give her the support and love. And, and we all know that she deserves to be recognized on her own, but at least she's getting into the Hall of Fame. And then when I heard out, you know, like my best friend, Tori Wilson, getting inducted, um, I, I heard way before she called me and told me about it. And she said, please don't tell anybody. And I didn't. And, um, I'm super proud of her. Um, you know, uh, she's such such an inspirational girl. With she's very down to earth, um, sweet. She treats her fans with respect, and now you know she's still like living the fitness life, and you know encouraging people to get in shape, and you know that kind of stuff. And uh, 
I couldn't be more proud for Tori to do it, you know, to, to be inducted. It's really, you know? yeah, no, he's really, and Tori was, yeah, I, uh, I didn't realise you two were, were close now, but yeah, she is, I, I think she's really deserving as well. And I think when you say about China, the, the reason I think it highlights to me how important she is, is that they announced that DX are going in and nobody's talking about X-Pac or Triple A or, or Paul or, or Sean. They're all talking about China when it happens. So it's, it just shows that even though she's maybe not going in under her own steam, most people believe she deserves right. to do. Right. And then she's, she's the, the vocal point on that induction. Exactly. Too. Like everybody is recognizing that. Yeah, they're, they're in her shadow um, being inducted, I think. Um, you know, uh, but... Uh, well-deserving, and um, finally, it's, it's about time she gets inducted. You know, she made it okay for, like, you know, um, girls that have an athletic build and a little more masculine-looking to be okay and still look as, at, like, as being sexy and still being a, a dominant woman and a, a powerful woman that's independent and doesn't need a guy to uh, raise her to her level. You know what I mean? She made it be – she was – she made it okay for us to go, you know, I don't look like that stick figure uh, model and it's okay. You know, I, you embrace your curves and, you know, um, you know, being unique. Yeah. She made it okay to be unique. Yeah, there absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the other person I, I watched, uh, I, I was. I, this happens a lot when I work on the kind of overnight show. I end up going into these YouTube rabbit holes, of course. And I, when uh, uh, Kathy, who kind of set up our, our chat, who you work with, um, said that like you'd be available to talk to I ended up going and looking at some stuff and I saw some some really lovely bits that you've done in, in more recent times with Molly Holly who obviously you had so much interaction with at the time within the WWE and that relationship still seems pretty strong now as well yeah there's not like one person that uh, I you know the people in my generation um, we, we're, we're tight still mm. um, we've been through a lot together um, you know, ups and downs and family problems. And, and who do you talk to is, is the locker room. And, um, you know, Molly Holly is one of those giving individuals in the ring. Um, she, she gave me, you know, Roderick Strong came up with the widow's peak and showed me, I have a finisher for you. Um, you're a big girl. You can str- you could pick up all the girls. And um, that's the important part of your finisher. You, you, you should be able to do it to everybody. And she taught me that and it put me on the map. It, it was such a devastating finisher that, you know, it, you know, thank God that she saw Roderick Strong do it. <laughs> Both those two people put me as, you know, I'm a, one of the top 10 finishers and um, it wasn't my doing. It, it was, you know, because of giving people in wrestling industry that want to help you out, you know what I mean? And not be so selfish, even though it is a selfish um, industry, you know, because you have to promote yourself. You know, you are your self promoter. Um, you're your own boss, kind of, sort of. And, um, when you have other people, you know, helping you out here, you should do this. You should do that. It's, you know, it's very respectful. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah, uh, yeah it's, 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 it's very lovely. Did, uh, has Roderick Strong ever spoken to you about the widow's peak? I remember him waiting for me. I think he was maybe 13 years old at a, um, a hotel lobby. And he goes, Victoria. And I go, I go, Hey, what's up, buddy? You know, yeah. Lobbies, um, hotel lobbies, there's a lot of fans find out where you're mm-hmm. staying and they, they get there and just want to take a picture. And he goes, and he goes, my, I'm Roderick strong. I'm the one that came up with your finisher. And I go, Oh my God. God thank you so much. I go, you put me on the map. Oh my God. Thank you so much. And he, and he was, um, you know, you know, I, 
I think he didn't expect that reaction, but um, yeah, he knows. I always tag him if so, if someone asks me where'd you get the finisher, I always plug him and um, and Molly Holly. It's it's great as well that there's that happened back then, and then he's now in there on NXT and will be main roster, I'm sure, soon enough. Like their gimmick that those guys have got with with him and and with Adam Cole and with and with Kyle O'Reilly as well is unbelievable I think they're an amazing uh, stable and I-, I love that that's way like back then and when he was 13 and now he's there doing his thing on on WWE and it's uh again it's just that cyclical thing and and I don't know if you've Isn't seen it? yeah 100% it's, it's also like it's, it's also too it's um you know when you see these guys perform on the indie scene like now when I'm going to all these indies I'm like this roster is unbelievable I just did um a show with a uh, um, beyond wrestling and um, I've never done an independent where the fans they don't have a seat and they're surrounding the, the ring and they get to pound on it and interact you know um, that are right there right up to the, the ring and um, every person I saw wrestle at the at that weekend um, I, I could not believe how great this talent was I was just like all these people should be signed and when you see back back in the day you know you know Roderick Strong Kyle O'Reilly you know, uh, all these amazing, you know, Ricochet, all these people that you're like, wow, they should have been signed a long time ago. That's how good they are, you know? And it's really funny. You, um, uh, NXT do shows here in the UK at Download Festival, which is like a heavy metal music festival. And uh, oh, we, cool. we we went down there and we did. They have like their own tent and their own stage. And it is. And, and now there's the NXT UK brand. They're going to be filming shows there, which is amazing. But we went kind of that is. Uh, back to Gorilla and did a few interviews back there with a few of the guys. And what's really funny is seeing like Ricochet's back there and Alistair Black's back there and these guys. And they've all obviously known each other for like... 15 years but the world is only kind of becoming familiar with them now that they're in in wwe but these guys have you know they've wrestled dozens if not hundreds of times against each other right. before. yeah for years. yeah they have more experience than the people that are in the industry already <laughs> and you're right they have way more experience um a lot of these um, when i go to these indie shows I, I was like how long have you been wrestling and they've been wrestling longer than i have and i go what <laughs> oh my god and and well it, it's shocking you know no wonder they're so good and, you know, in the indie scene, you know, you could, you're, you're free to do a lot of things on your own, you know, and put the match together instead of having someone saying, hey, we want this as a finisher, we want this. They're free to do what they want. And so they get to express what they, what they see as their character and they're kind of more in control, you know? Yeah. So it's really neat to see like, yeah, all the, these new guys that they started together, you know, when they were teenagers and now they brought, got brought up together. So it's. It's it's a neat it's it's neat to see that hundred percent. You know, you mentioned uh, the kind of what the modern women are doing both in the indies and in and in the WWE and we, and when you see the the kind of the women's revolution and you know all these firsts the first women's tag titles the first Hell in a Cell the first all these things that they're doing kind of in in the main products do you do you look at that with real pride and think about you know when you took part in the first hardcore match for example? Yes. It, it's incredible because um, I had a lot of firsts. Um, a lot of my, my whole career was like first um, cage match. Um, we had a ha- hardcore mm. match, me, Patricia and I, Chicago Street Fight. It was all these um, firsts, and uh, it got scary, I'll be honest with you. Every time I would go to TV, I'm like, oh, my God, what are they going to have me do this time? Because it got, you know, they were pushing the envelope so much. And then Fit Finley was the guy in charge of us girls that made us such badasses and made us work like men. They, uh, you know, there was a point where 
we had to go back to having a little bit of a wardrobe malfunction, um, pulling the hair because we were starting to work too much like the guys. And um, we had to scale back a little bit. But uh, yeah, you, you, I'm proud. Like every uh, when you see the girls, you're like, oh, my gosh, what do they have to do now? And they're working them to death. Um, you know, it's not just, you know, Raw and SmackDown. They're also doing the Total Divas you know, um, not getting many days off to recover and they, you know, and don't forget, they have to look pretty and look the part and still stay skinny and shape and keep up with their skin. And you know what I mean? So it's, it's a lot of pressure and, um, you know, it's, it's nice that they're getting the recognition now, um, you know, compared to what back in the day, you know, so it's, it's, you, you, you are proud. You almost feel like a mom or a grandma. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, we'll say mom. It's fine. We'll we, we can stay there. Um, what was that like? That, that first steel cage match with Lita, because that was I can I remember it to this day. It was like so out of what could have been expected at the time. Yes, and I remember um, we were told back then. This is probably telling too much and and telling the magic, but we weren't allowed to use the cage so much, you know. And we're like, well, why do we have a cage match? We're not allowed to use it. And um, I, I remember going to Vince McMahon and said, you know, um, I wanted to gig, which means, you know, that's our term for um, cutting yourself in the forehead and, you know, bleeding for the show. And um, and Vince, you know, said, I appreciate that, but no, no one wants to see a diva bleed. And I remember telling Lita, throw me as hard as you can against the, the, the cage. I'm going to try to um, cut myself the hard way, which means our term is real, mm-hmm. the real way. And I didn't know how to do it, so I just ended up, you know, I guess you're supposed to hit it and then scrape down so the cage scrapes you open. I hit it so hard, I got a lump. I didn't bleed at all. And um, I remember, like, gosh, it was so surreal walking out and seeing the cage like that. It's so intimidating. And um, the fear and all the nerves. I'm one person, you can ask any person, um, uh, even to this day, I want to throw up before matches. I get really bad nervous belly. Um, I start shaking and my hands sweat. Um, I, I guess it's, um, I, I care too much about the matches where, um, there's, you know, it's, it's always a scary feeling. You want the fans to walk away going, wow, that was a freaking awesome match. Not for a women's match. They just, I just want them to say that was an awesome match. You know, um, it's, it's, that was scary. I remember that. And, Oh my gosh. And you know, a lot of things can go wrong in those kind of matches and, um, just, there's a lot of pressure, you know, a lot of the injuries and, you know, you feel, I'm very honored that I had the chance to do it and they put so much, um, you know, faith in me to, to do those kind of matches. Um, but it was also terrifying. It, it's really interesting you say about like, the, the getting color stuff because, uh, you think about, uh, and like, I know you said you don't watch a huge amount of the product at, at the moment, but the, the current angle, which may go on to headline WrestleMania or should go on to headline WrestleMania with Becky Lynch, it, there's there's now that very iconic moment where, okay, it was it was an accident that she got busted open, but there is that image of her in the ring with the bloodied face, which is now all over T-shirts, which is now, you know, and, and it's become like her stone cold Bret Hart moment almost and just how like it's a weird way to show development but it just shows again how people's perceptions have changed yeah and it's 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 scary because once you get um busted open now they kind of almost expect you to do it on in, in a lot of matches which is not a good thing you know what I mean um it's just you, you know that's it gets 
it's just so dangerous. And um, it's when I watch it now, it's like, what are the fans that are going to react? What do we have to do to get them to stand up and cheer? You know, now it's not just a chair shot. It's all these other factors, you know, you know, now when you just wrestle, they're kind of sitting on their butt going, okay, that's okay. They're grappling. Um, and then you're like, oh gosh, now I have to step it up um, just to get them to stand on their feet and, and get into it. You know what I mean? So but I think that's yeah, where you get, like uh, yeah. the, you said about the storytelling. I think that's where you get the really good storytellers. When you can get two girls, two guys, a guy and a girl even, like we were saying earlier, who can go in there, have a straight wrestling match, and they get the crowd going, and they win them over. And that's, you know, I think that's the best kind of reaction. Those are the ones that, without any gimmicks, without any, you know... Yes. Those are the matches yes. I love Someone the most. Someone asked me, like, yeah, me too. I, do, I like the storytelling too. Um, it's, it's, I think it's lacking... Um, you know, today, because um, it's always, it's a spot fest. It's, you know, all these spots, 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 move, 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 and you can't digest it. It's too much going on. And um, you're always waiting for that reaction for them to stop and go, oh, wow, that was incredible. <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, it's, uh, that's why I was like, when I watch these, they don't have to do half of the stuff to get the, to, to get the fans, if they're good storytellers with just a normal match. And I, someone asked me, what would you want as part of your, your last match? Would you like another hardcore match? I go, not really. <laughs> I'd like, I like normal, just normal wrestling and um, doing my old school stuff, getting my signature stuff and then showing the girl that she could, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm passing the torch. You know, a lot of people are asking me, you know, the, this last match I had, um, they wanted the girl to um, go over on me. And um, I was like, no. I was like, let her beat me. And they're like, really? And I go, I'm not looking to go back. This girl, you know, is the next generation. Let her beat somebody, you know, um, you know, have, have a couple wins under her belt. Even though it's entertainment, don't get me wrong. But let her get the, you know, hooray at the end. Do you I, know what I mean? I think that's really so important. I think they were shocked about that. Uh, like I do too. You see it, the, the, the very best put people over when they get to that stage in their career. That's part of what the job is almost. Exactly. And um, it, 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 it makes me laugh when people are like, oh, you don't mind losing? And I go, um, you realize we are, this is entertainment. You know, this is not real like MMA where I need to be the champion. Do you know what I mean? It's, 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 we are entertainment. It's, 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 you know, when you watch uh, movies, you know, the guy dies at the end or something. You're like, you think we, they ask him, do you mind dying at the end? <laughs> this is a movie. Do you know what I mean? It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's crazy to me, you, you, you know, that people are so like, oh, I got to win. I got to win. I'm just like, that's so selfish of you. <laughs> um, look, Lisa, you've been so kind with your time. I really appreciate it. I, I just, I do want to finally uh, ask about, uh, if, has there ever been a point where you've been near a return to, to either WWE or, or to the guys at Impact? Um, no, it, and I don't have any control over that. People are always asking me, why weren't you in the rumble? And I'm like, you know, it's not, I, I don't pick up the phone and say, Hey, I want to be a part of this. You have to be invited. It's, um, there's a lot of, you know, hurdles. It's, 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 it's not my choice of not going back or anything like that. It's not that I would say I, I, I would never go back because I'm never going to say that because 
you see, you know, Ric Flair coming back several times. You know what I mean? Not to say I'm comparing myself to him, but um, you know, uh, you that's going to be the, it's going to be the headline know, now, Lisa. It's going to be Lisa uh, Marie Veron. I am the women's Ric Flair. Just so you know, that's the way we're going to uh, label everything. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or, or you could say I'm, the, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, Lisa Marie. I'm the Undertaker because I was like, <laughs> I had all these favorites that I watched. But um, when I first started, I studied Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat matches. Great. And um, those were the, the psychology I, I enjoyed and how they can go an hour, a Broadway match without getting exhausted. And then people still standing up after an hour match. That's talent. You know, that's that's the gift, you know. Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah, 100%. Um, uh, look, Lisa, it, it has been a legitimate pleasure. And we talked about Tory and China and everyone else. You should be getting that phone call at some point in the not too distant future as far as we're concerned. And you should try and get over here if you can before the end of the year, because uh, I think the British Indies would welcome someone coming over, doing a bit of storytelling and, and a legend coming and showing what they can still do. Well, thank you, Will. I appreciate that. Let's let's, let's get that out there on your on your show. Oh, we will. It'll do. happen. Don't you worry. <laughs> I'm going to start texting anyone I know in any way in the industry and going. You know who would be good to get over to do a show? Uh, <laughs> Seriously, yeah. honestly, there's a lot of talented girls in the UK that um, I I admire, and um, I've always wanted to wrestle. And um, you know, there's so many great girls out there that I never even got in the ring with, and so. Uh, I would be honored to, to face some of these um, these girls in England. Um, honestly, they're so they're so talented, and and you guys really appreciate the grappling part, and you know um, the old style kind of wrestling, which I appreciate. You uh, know, uh, Lisa, are you going to be uh, last? Are you going to be around WrestleMania weekend? Are you doing WrestleCon or any of those? I am. I am going to be doing WrestleCon. I was going to go to um, Chicago Cubs game, but um, when I found out Tori was being inducted, um, you know kind of changed my mind about going and um, kind of support her. So um, I will be partaking in the WrestleCon and um, I think I'll be Tori's date maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, look, we'll we'll come and try and find you when we're out there in New York and, and try and have a catch up there. Oh, but wonderful. Lisa, thank you so Yay. much for your time. Thank you, Will. Have a good day. And okay? you. Long old podcast today, eh, Mac? I know you've got to get back to, you know, dealing with your cold, your man flu. Uh, so and your day job. <laughs> and your day job, of course, as well. So before we, we sign off, any final thoughts, buddy? Yeah, a few. <laughs> a few I want to get off my chest. Here we go. So, um, in, well, we were talking about Raw earlier. So, yeah, I know that I said that I didn't really enjoy the beat the clock. Um, what, what they're doing with the revival is really grating me. Um, I don't understand. I don't think they've actually won a match since they became champions, which heading into Mania season makes them not credible in any kind of way. Um, and I don't see how that's bringing up the tag team division in any kind of way. Um, and, and, you know, Ricochet and Alistair Black are, you know, an entertaining team. But it doesn't mean I have to see them go over the tag team champions twice and then, you know, what's the point of that? Like two non-title victories, but you're not champions. The logic just evades me. Um, also, the, you know, it looks like Finn Balor is going to end up turning up and being the demon at WrestleMania. What does that really mean against Bobby Lashley? Nothing. Who he's fought like a thousand times since the Royal Rumble Elimination Chamber, whenever that first happened. Um, 
what a, what a meteoric waste that would be. He, you know, he, he's beaten Bobby Lashley without the demon. What what does it mean? I, I, it's lost on me, Will. It's really lost on me. Um, so you know, there's and finally, I I understand. I've said all of these things on Twitter. I understand the rub of mainstream celebrities coming on WrestleMania. You know, when when we're talking about you know Ali, Mike Tyson, uh, Mayweather, all of those things great you know there's no denying the impact that can have on anyone who's associated with them and mania itself partnering braun Strowman with two guys from saturday night live is not that kind of rub despite what anyone (laughs) says and it's a it is a tremendous waste of someone like braun Strowman, who to a lot of fans and don't get me wrong he's not going to wrestle circles around people like daniel ryan or aj styles but He's been primed to have a big breakout moment for like two years. And yet he keeps getting saddled with whatever this is. Like, okay, he's probably going to win the Andre the Giant Battle Royal or lose it to one of these Saturday night um, live people as some kind of hilarious WrestleMania moment. But uh, I I personally don't see the value in it. Um, The, the The worst part of it is that by having the Saturday Night Live people in it, there's a risk it's going on the main show. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, not risk. I think it is. Um, and, uh, and like I said... I, that is when uh, I am going to buy beer. I've got a real dirty feeling one of them will win it. Honestly, I do. Do you know what? I kind of hope they do, and it turns into such a ridiculous moment that, uh, like that they end up just being like, oh, maybe we shouldn't do this anymore. <laughs> maybe we went too far, finally. Yeah. Uh, I, I I don't, you know, I, we were obviously in the crowd in New Orleans last year and there was actually quite a lot of anticipation for Braun Strowman's partner. It was like, oh, who's going to, you know, a lot of people had thought it was Bobby Lashley. It was clear that he had signed a, a WWE deal. We ended up getting him the next night. But that night, it was like, oh, yeah, and then now here's a nine-year-old. And it was like, oh. like I know it was kind of when Strowman went to give him the hot tag, that was kind of cool. But other than that, the whole match just deflated everyone. And I feel like Strowman is not really being set up to succeed at all. No, you're absolutely right. It's a disgrace, mate. (laughs) (laughs) It's an absolute joke. Let's just say that. It's a bloody disgrace. Um... I, and I really hate being negative about the business. I really do. And I, I mean, after I tweeted about four things yesterday, I thought, Jesus, everyone, whoever's reading this must think I'm the grumpiest fan of all time. But it's just... Um, I couldn't it, help it, myself on Pro Wrestle Show last night when they yeah. when they did two adverts during the... Uh, like, two long adverts during that women's match. it was a great match. match. It really was. I we didn't really get to see it. I figured it out later that we lost nearly 40% of the match to adverts. Now, admittedly, the longer of the two adverts had them in the screen-in-screen thing, but nearly 40% of a match that was a title match that was as good as it was. What a joke. Mm. You have to wonder. Like, I, sometimes when I look back on... Um, the Raws and Smackdowns, if you ever watch them on the network, there's not nearly as much. Like, certainly not mid-match. I don't know when that became commonplace. And if any, I don't know if this means WWE are greedy or not, but it's bloody annoying. There was a very, <laughs> very funny moment on last night, on, um, on Raw on Monday, uh, which I was unintentionally funny when uh, Trips 
my buddy trips uh (laughs) extraordinaire came off the back of the ad break and went uh and went wow stand uh, thank you so much for giving me a standing ovation throughout that entire ad break and like he was being genuine about it but it just made you go yeah because you've just made them all listen to your theme tune for three and a half minutes four minutes (laughs) while we've been watching adverts for burger king and you've just been walking around the ring and raising your fist in the air and it just yeah that's that's when to put an ad break when the miz is coming out to the ring yeah. <laughs> have you got any quick thoughts on trips and batista before we wrap this up no no we'll, we'll get more into it next week we it's been a long old show and people fair play for slogging through it uh tune in to talk sport if you listen to this on wednesday tomorrow morning 6 45 a.m and we'll tweet out the listen again link and i'm sure big amac will be taking any wrestling lines from the interview and popping them up on the Talksport website as well at talksport.com forward slash wwe you can find us on twitter at pro wrestle show we're on instagram at the same but we don't really use it maybe i'll use it to do some insta stories while we're um while we're out of mania this year please do um, please do so we, we'll, we'll do there'll be loads of cool stuff going on we'll be back with another show at the start of next week and uh, and then it's wrestlemania so we haven't figured out how that's all going down yet but i am i'm trying to talk sam into doing a, a pissed podcast with me at like one in the morning back at our airbnb <laughs> straight after the show but once we've sat through seven hours we might not be able to do it so we'll have to see how it goes anyway cheers amac thank you so much for listening this has been the pro wrestling show Thanks, guys. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 